Thank you and a very warm welcome to all listening this podcast. This is Coding Talks with myself Vishnu Viji. Those of you who are new to the podcast, for them just a quick introduction to what this podcast is all about. I am a programmer working with .NET Technologies and this podcast on each episode Uh, focus on some particular software topic and the opinions that i share through this podcast are purely personal and do not represent any of the employees view in any way today we are going to look into the effective coding strategies or you can call this as art of coding coding is very uh, fun and interesting sometimes and sometimes it will be tough especially when we are working with the legacy codes uh, at times when i receive some of the older code bases that has been either done by other uh, other teams or other firms um which has not followed any coding standards or anything uh, i feel it tough to understand what the developer is intended from that code base because the code will be mostly cluttered with over responsibility methods and it's um, tightly binded with other classes definitely in our project there may be different classes which serves different purposes and each one of this class may be dependent to other classes and such a such a dependency is termed in software as called the coupling and the more coupling in a project exist the difficulty it will be to maintain or we can say difficulty it will be to modify because the client may be giving as a legacy software code base which has not properly followed any standarding standards or conventions or which has not properly organized and imagine it if it is bit cluttered uh, with too much responsibilities and other things and you are getting such a code base to work with so what happens is when you goes through such a code base you will find it tough to understand what the original developer is intended maybe he has written this code a few years back and he may not be available to contact so the code is the only area where you can depend upon and when you read uh, you will find it bit tough to understand and naturally the client wants something enhancement to that code base and he will be thinking like this oh that developer had done this uh, quite fast maybe uh, within a couple of days and now just this addition is also similar easy like that way and that is what the client's expectation and that way he is given as the code and when we look into that we we fail to understand what the original developer is intended and it will it will take a considerable amount of time sometimes the words case happens is that we goes through such a disorganized code base and we understand something but uh, and we make some modifications and gives to the client and when the client runs that thing at a later point of time he identify some live bug scenarios 
and uh, the code will again come back to us and then we realize that oh this is not what the original developer intended and uh, maybe something else and uh, so these are the issues that can happen to a disorganized code and it will be always good to organize our classes into proper methods and classes with only the responsibilities what that classes and methods are intended for to and not overburdened with too much responsibilities for the methods of classes and moreover uh the dependencies should be reduced or dependencies dependencies should be handled with the interfaces in such a way that uh, at a later point of time the code will feel much natural for the developers to understand and i will try to present some of the hints in this episode and that is what i aim through this so naturally uh, these hints are good but uh, you have to use it with uh, your uh um or what i can say is you have to think and apply this depending upon your deadlines and the time limits you have suppose if uh, if, if you want to create a um, project by today itself or something uh, change today for the client and do it um, uh, give to them and he is he is waiting for that then at that time if you try to spend too much time organizing your classes and everything then it may not be but but if you have that spare time or the if you if you feel uh, or if you are lucky uh, deadlines may be a little bit far apart so that you can you get some fresh air to breathe and spend a bit of time with the code then rushing it around so at that time if you feel uh, like to do some enhancement to your existing code base uh then you can certainly consider including some of the best strategies in your code so that um it will definitely make the code more readable like a book you can compare the code base software code base to a book like uh, you are getting a book very interesting book uh, from the reviewer's point of view uh, and you are going to read that book uh, maybe the the printing company made some marketing strategies and they have advertised that this book is so great and so um so um, influential or something like that and you are very much interested in that particular book and you are going to read that book the book is very beautifully binded very attractive with its title and very um very good in terms of its outside appearances but once you immediately open the book uh to your astonishment you are seeing that there is only a single paragraph from start to end and there is no categorization of pages there is no categorization of uh different sections or anything in your book and everything is uh written in a single paragraph with no layout or anything with no margin or anything So imagine if you read such a book you will find it difficult to understand even though the book content is interesting so the similar is what happens for the code base also due to rush for satisfying the client's requirements we tend to ignore some of the basic things that we need to write in code and it will be always good to consider those things while writing the code in spite of the deadlines because such a code will be easier to maintain 
So imagine if you are getting a legacy code base which has been written by some developer a few years back and now your client is uh, giving to you to look on that and you he wants some minor modifications to the particular project so you got you got the code base you pull, you clone that particular code base from git and you open that code base and you have seen everything but you not understand anything what it is written there and it's a simple project imagine something simpler very trivial project and still you won't understand anything because there is only a single method for imagine something program.cs or something and everything is written in one procedural oriented fashion without organizing it into classes or anything and the main class is taking too much responsibilities and it is not the imagine that code is not having any indentation or proper layout or it has not any test methods you don't know where to start and where to go there is no documentation there is no uh, there is no debug method there is no uh, test method there so how you, how do you start your client will gives you that i have a project like this it will work and i have to uh, make some minor additions and he will say it's a, such a simple task and you want to work on that so these scenarios are common in software development and it will be very tough for you to get started with such a project so the main reason if you look into such a code base the main reasons is that uh, uh, it that code base lacks some of the features and those features are what i going to explain uh, now and i will quickly go through those points and then we can dive deep into each one of them one of the reason that you won't understand the code properly is it lacks the proper layout and indentation so the if the code is arranged or the imagine in the case of a book if it is arranged with the proper margin and proper paragraph and proper indentation and everything you will feel it much better to understand sometimes in book you often see the some words are highlighted some words are, uh, are marked in italics so similar way in software code also some areas should be marked with uh, the indentation and it should be properly indented so in the absence of indented code you will find it uh, much difficult to understand where that particular code resides in and it will be much tougher to understand so how do you make the code indented and how do you consider the indentation and other strategies so we will discuss that in the episode but let's understand that proper layout and indentation is a must for every code base and in the absence of that the readability will be dramatically reduced then the code must be aligned with the customer requirements and proper test methods should be there so the client uh, you are going to develop the code you are going to develop for your client and the client has some requirements and what you are going to write through your code base is to satisfy the client requirements okay uh, but how do you validate that the client has uh, or the requirements has met according to the client satisfaction so for that you have to write the uh, test method so that's called the unit testing so that is the responsibility of the developer and he, while he develop the code base he should write the unit test also along with the code base and uh, the aim of such unit test is to ensure that each and every code the developer is written is in conformity with what the client expects and the developer can 
test it with his unit testing keep in mind that there is a separate testing called the integration testing or the the automation testing which is which may be ideally done by a separate team other than the developer that is a different thing here we are considering the testing at the time of development that is the unit testing so in software in dotnet we usually create a new test project called the unit testing project and uh, we usually give it a name like the project name dot test to ensure uh, to make others aware that that particular project is for testing purpose and that testing project will have some classes and methods which are mainly intended for testing the different methods which we have written so by running those tests we ensure that Uh, each and every part we have written is working as expected according to client requirements and the other benefit of including such a test is that once we uh, we done a draft of the program that satisfied the client requirement we can further enhance the program like uh, organizing the class or uh, including additional hints which i explain in this episode and uh, then we can still make sure that our code is working as expected uh, um, once we make the changes so that making the changes so we done we usually do a basic draft of the program first and then we do the um, extra changes or extra enhancement so that extra things are called the refactoring or the aim of the refactoring is to make the code base standard according to the um, coding conventions and standards and the procedures and make it more maintainable for the future and um, more than that uh, we organize the code in such a way that the other developers or even for us to uh, understand after some point of time so that's the aim of the organizing and that part is called the refactoring so when we do the refactoring we need to still ensure that our code is working as expected because there is a lot of changes that can happen as part of refactoring and it's a time consuming process can it can be so at that time we need to still ensure that the client the code is working as expected as before and uh, how do we ensure that is through the unit testing so we will look upon the different unit testing strategies like the tdd which is also called as test driven development and the later um, on called the bdd which is called the behavioral driven development which is a form of uh, approach evolved from the tdd approaches and both we will be going to quickly uh, discuss in this episode uh, soon so for uh, let's understand that uh, your um, code should be in alignment with the customer requirements and the proper test method then the proper responsibilities of classes and methods so this is one of the uh, main area which we tend to forget because we usually uh, rush according to the deadlines and everything and we naturally tend to include everything in one place kind of a procedural approach so in object oriented programming each classes has its own responsibilities each uh, methods has its own responsibilities which the uh, which that classes and methods are intended for so if we add extra responsibilities or extra uh, extra burden to each class or each method other than that what it is intended for usually what happen is called it's called the overburden of responsibilities for classes and methods 
the direct impact is that uh, such a code will looks a bit ugly and for the reader or the other developer who is new to the project will find it difficult to understand what that particular code is aimed for so the a proper responsibility um, delegation uh, must be there for the classes and methods and if you find that one class is sharing too much of responsibilities that's a good indication that you should move that responsibilities to a different class or if you if you feel that once you done a draft you feel that one particular method in your project is taking too much responsibilities then it's a good strategy that we should either move that responsibility to a different class and a different method a different related method uh, we will also discuss that thing then the other thing is in spite of considering all this that is the proper layout and indentation then the alignment with the customer requirements and proper test method and the third on which we just discussed that's the proper responsibilities of classes and methods in spite of all this the architecture should be a simple one with no over engineering um there are different patterns and different strategies in software that is evolving over time and it is good to include those if it is if it makes the code simpler if it makes a, the code a bit complex and if it doesn't serve any purpose of especially a future maintainability or any modification usability in future and if you are still including all those different patterns or everything in your code just for the seek to make it uh, something look something special then what happens is that you are going to make a architecture which is a bit uh, tough to understand uh, even for years after some days and or and the same case happens to other developers as well uh, that is not required because the uh, why we are including these different patterns and different strategies in software is to make code uh, simpler and to satisfy the client requirements and to make the modification uh, easier in f- at a future point of time but uh, based on assumption if you are including those things uh, expecting that in future i can mo- make this and if you are wrongly assuming things and including all the unwanted steps and do over engineering your project then uh, that will looks a bit complex and what happens is that uh, uh, what happens is that such a project will be difficult to understand and the architecture will be too complex and there uh, th- and the rest and the same applies for the other developers as well and the project will be uh, a burden for such developers Uh, if the client wants some simpler uh, static website then if you are looking for a, some a microservice kind of architecture to make it uh, looks uh, better uh, just from the architecture perspective then that's a wrong strategy so the pro- whatever way which by which we including the responsibility or we splitting the classes and methods and we considering all these strategies make sure that the architecture must be simpler and easier to understand and the last one or uh, it's it's not the least one and it's the main thing that your application should be up and running as far as possible uh, i have seen a lot of projects where where it is taking a considerable amount of time to make it up and running Uh, just for uh, setting up the dependencies and everything 
സോ മേ ബി ദ ക്ലൈൻ വാൾസം ട്രൈവിൽ ചേഞ്ച് ഓർ സം സിംപ്ലർ ചേഞ്ച് ആൻഡ് യു ആർ ഗോയിങ് ടു സ്റ്റാർട്ട് വർക്കിംഗ് ഓൺ ദാറ്റ് പ്രോജക്റ്റ് ബട്ട്സ് ഓൺസ് യു ഓപ്പൺ ദാറ്റ് പ്രോജക്റ്റ് യു ആർ ഗോയിങ് ടു ലേൺ ദാറ്റ് ഓ വി ഹാവ് ടു ഡു അതർ തിങ്സ് ദീസ് തിങ്സ് ആൻഡ് സെറ്റിംഗ് എ ടു മച്ച് ഓഫ് ഡിപ്പെൻഡൻസീസ് ഓൺ ദാറ്റ് സൈഡ് സോ ദാറ്റ് ഇസ് എ ഇൻഡിക്കേഷൻ ദാറ്റ് ദാറ്റ് കോഡ് ഈസ് നോട്ട് പ്രോപ്പർലി മെയിൻറ്റെയ്ൻഡ് ആൻഡ് നോ ദാറ്റ് കോഡ് ഈസ് നോട്ട് പ്രോപ്പർലി സെറ്റ് അക്കോർഡിംഗ് ടു ദ സ്റ്റാൻഡേർഡ്സ് ആൻഡ് വി നീഡ് ടു മേക്ക് ഷുവർ ദാറ്റ് റെക്കോർഡ് ഷുഡ് ബി അപ്പ് ആൻഡ് റണ്ണിങ് so as fast as possible the advantage is that if you have such a code base then someone who even a to a fresher or a person who is a trainee then you can give that code to them and you can start you can tell them to start working on it and they can start working on the code with minimum time so we will look into some of the strategies we can adopt in software projects like the inclusion of uh, the nuket packages and npm packages so these packet managers are a worthy additions to add in our project because these handle the dependencies and everything and once you check out your new project code and once you open that project in visual studio or some editor naturally uh, as part of the build process those dependency resolutions will happen behind the scene and the developer may not need to do all the things manually so the similar should happen for the configuration area also if the code user is uh, working on a local system then the configuration set- settings should be read from a uh, local configuration file Uh, automatically uh, from the uh, code base and then that uh, to be set by the developer manually which will con- will be which will spoil a considerable amount of time to make the project up and running so if you look into the azure functions you can see that there is two separate configurations there and that's a good practice because in the actual scenario in the actual live uh, scenario it will take a separate configuration but in the case of a local set it will take another configuration so these are some of the uh, pointers which i just explained i only explained about uh, them from an overall perspective but uh, we will go much deeper into each of this topic just to rewind uh, let's look at again one more time these different points so you get a familiarity on those and these points if you keep in mind while coding it will be much helpful for you so the points are uh, the code should have a proper layout and indentation the your code should be in aligned with the customer requirement and proper test methods so that that is a critical thing because the customer requirement is the most important thing and the code should be aligned with the customer uh, requirement and proper test method the requirement for test method is to ensure that the different customer requirement is satisfied accordingly when the when we can see that the test methods are green uh, and passed we can ensure that test methods are proper and this test methods are also good for the uh, reviewing purpose as well suppose if a, some developer is working on a branch and he is new, doing a new feature for a customer requirement then the reviewing person can see that the particular test methods are passed and based on that he can ensure that that particular part is working correctly so he can quickly verify the test methods and see whether everything is written as expected and then can run that test methods to see everything is passed in uh, the devops systems like azure devops and uh, gitlabs we can include this uh, d- uh, unit test 
uh, as part of the build process itself so that once the developer uh, has completed his uh, check-in and he should raise a pull request and when the reviewer is working on the pull request and basically it is called the review part then he can look into what all unit test the developer has written and what all tests are passed and failed and uh, unless all the tests are failed uh, or unless all the tests are passed then the reviewer can um, tell the developer that uh, this should be passed um, uh, and um, after passing all the test then the reviewer can further look into the different coding organization and other things and work on that so the unit tests are a, are a great deal of addition in many areas yes, but the one side effect of including the unit test in your project is that it will it will uh, it will spend a it will take it will uh, take a considerable amount of time to um, code for that and uh, the developers time should uh, be spent for a bit time should be spent for that but if you have the uh, that much enough time then it will be good to include the unit test in your project as well so let's uh, and the other thing is the proper responsibilities of classes and methods so here we will discuss some of the different strategies we can apply uh, to make the co classes and the um, methods simpler and moreover how to make it look simpler and un- easier to understand and, and how to reduce the coupling between the different dependencies through interfaces and other things then the uh then the importance of um uh, creating a simplified architecture and that also we will discuss and how to uh, set up an application up and running that also we will discuss so the last three two points are fairly simple to understand like the simplified architecture with no uh, over engineering so that includes all the other parts as well like the proper responsibilities of classes and methods so the judicious use of the classes and methods will make the architecture much simpler and simplicity in setting an application up and running should be considered at each point of development so that each point of development each part of development brings its own configuration and other things and if we if we keep in mind that some developer needs to check this uh, locally in their system and they need to work on this then if you have that uh, thought in mind then we will we can naturally code accordingly during the development process Uh, so for the future developers we are uh, doing something uh, uh, some good things in place so that la- later they may get the advantage of because they can start working on that uh you don't need to by heart this points but just keep an awareness of it while uh, the coding and throughout the uh, software development stages because if you have a sense of these tips or hints uh then naturally at some point of time in your coding uh, these things will be reflected and these are kind of a pointers and there is no rule that you have to follow all these things but uh, if you can follow it will be definitely good Uh, that the case is sometimes uh, implementing this are very difficult especially if you are working with the 
working in a team with a tight deadlines implementing all of this uh, hints will be will not, may not be easy in such cases you can take some of the ideas and you can think about how to um, how to apply that ideas even in a minute scale uh, as uh, example the proper layout and indentation so these are the kind of uh, practices uh, proper layout and indentation are required for even simpler coding irrespective of deadlines and you can judiciously apply these things even if you are working on a tight deadline even in a minute scale if you apply some of the points it will have its effect and if your client wants something simpler like uh, um, uh, some kind of a poc or some kind of a uh, proof of uh, uh, that's a poc and uh, some kind of a minor uh, project just to explain some of the uh, Uh, ideas then you may not need to invest heavily in these uh, tips and hints because at that point of time the main aim is to make the uh, make the poc up and running as quick as possible so you can ignore all these things at that point of time but uh, one thing i have read in some areas is that if your poc is gradually developing to a particular project or the if the client is asking you some poc and he wants some proof of concept but uh, if he is making that making use of that poc and then modifying it or then or uh, then sharing it with the rest of team to work on it in future then it is always good to consider some of these hints in your poc as well because the poc project is the on which your other developers are going to depend and if you return that in a wrong way then the other developers maybe the freshers or the trainees will follow the same approach and that will result in complication or you need to explicitly communicate to them that this is just a poc and you need to write this in proper uh, organized classes and everything and i have not followed that because it it is just a poc and while you developing the actual code you need to make consideration of those things so if you can if you can let the um, other team aware of um aware of if they are using your poc then that will be fine otherwise um what you can do is if you are familiar with this concept you can include that in the poc as well because including this ideas is always helpful in every every project whether it's a travel project or it's a trivial project or if it is a big project it doesn't matter or even if it is a poc it doesn't matter if you include this it will have its own advantages So we'll start with looking into some of the tips in greater detail that is the proper layout and indentation. So this is fairly easier because uh, those of you are in .net domain or users of C# Sharp or vb.net you know that you might have used the visual studio or visual studio code which have its natural uh, capacity to indent everything in place. If you write some code in uh, visual studio automatically it will uh, correctly arrange the opening and cro- closing bracket unless if you miss one of the bracket the id will show an exception uh, waiting for you to correct it uh, the indentation indenting and aligning the code is happening automatically as part of the visual studio which is good uh, and in addition to that in visual studio you can uh, go to the tool section and the advanced uh, not the tool section sorry then uh, go to the edit section and then the advanced format 
section where you can format a class imagine if you are writing your class in a notepad which usually not happens if you are a dotnet pro developer probably you will be writing in some visual studio id or visual studio code or some editor uh, surely but sometimes uh, imagine uh, uh, in the worst case you are uh, going to write something in just a simpler notepad and there is no alignment or anything and you have completed a class its properties its methods and everything and when you open that in visual studio it looks so ugly because there is no indentation there is no proper arrangement or everything so such a code if it is read by another developer or even for yourself you find it bit uh, difficult to understand because the indentation uh, clear you where that particular block of code remains if it is inside a uh, for block you can understand that okay this part is inside for block because it is indented and visual studio will show some of the highlight as well when you are uh, worked with some of the uh, basic editors like notepad Uh, i think notepad plus plus have will uh, have some more uh, features but if you are working in some basic editors like notepad or some online editors and if you are copying code from there naturally the code may not be aligned properly so in that case you can uh, open that particular file that class file in visual studio and click on the edit and you can format the document and visual studio will automatically format the document unless if there is some error which you need to correct it manually visual studio will automatically format the document and which is a good thing and the same applies for a, a particular section as well for example if you want to apply formatting to just one of the sections you can select that section and then click on edit and format the selection so here the difference is that instead of formatting the entire document Visual Studio will format only that particular region. Um, I think uh, formatting the entire document is always good, but some cases I experienced just like uh, when I worked on some of the old legacy project which has not followed any of the formatting practices in place, and uh, I am going to add a new method to that particular project, and naturally. Uh, i clicked on the edit and click format document so what happened is that all the misaligned part which was existed in that code base before um, uh, is now um, aligned by the particular um, visual studio and that means from a reviewer's perspective i am making a lot of changes because it will automatically change the other places and naturally when i created a pull request and go for the review uh, my reviewer suggested oh uh, you are actually um, expected to write only a particular point of code or a method but why this other part changes and everything so this part you have to consider so if you are facing such a issue then it is advisable to use the format selection which will only apply formatting to the particular area or the method you are going to modify than the other parts but still they uh, you you know that the ugly thing here is the code um, code still remains uh, unindented in other areas so that's a drawback and if you can correct that that is always a good thing but uh, if you are facing this uh, review issues then the advisable method is to create a separate card uh, 
which uh, will handle the formatting and everything which can be taken off by someone later and you can work on the format selection feature and you can work on your own part and uh, commit the code and uh, complete the uh, work assigned to you so that way uh, things will uh, things can be solved temporarily but keep in mind that if you if you are able to format the entire area that will be a good thing because it will certainly help other developers and uh, they will get uh, understanding about the code well, uh, we can say that at some point of time if we want to look at other point other areas if it is not properly aligned we will find it much tougher to understand and then almost all the um, editors like the visual studio uh, or the visual studio uh, code the newest edition from microsoft has its own uh, formatting in place uh and i think other editors as well i am not worked much with other editors but i hope other editors will have so you can check on uh, whatever editor you are working on and you can explore different ways by which you can apply the formatting to code and some editors uh, feature uh, has features like when you click save on a particular file it will automatically format the code so that part you have to use judiciously because and uh, as just like i explained earlier it will apply all the existing code also uh, in a formatted way so um, if it is fine then you can apply that as well then the most of the uh, on uh, xml files that is the configuration files in visual studio uh, projects like the uh, web.config or app.config most of them if it is not maintained properly then most of them won't have the properly formatted tags and when the visual studio is going to format it correctly then uh, naturally it will apply the formatting entirely and you can uh, you have you need to be careful uh, around that place also because if you are working on a legacy code base because that that means you are making a change to a lot of places from from the reviewer point of view and uh, to avoid that you can uh, you can particularly uh, use the format selection which is a good thing uh, then working on the stored procedures uh, is another area and if it is a large stored procedure uh if it is not properly aligned it's uh, difficult to understand how the um uh, different joins and other things work and you will find it tough to understand the exact program logic if it is not properly aligned and the suggested method in that case like this sort procedure is to use some formatter in management studio like the sql prompt which is a paid on or some free alternatives or some online uh, sql formatters which you can copy your existing stored procedures to there and then copy it back to uh, the management studio once it is aligned so there are different uh, ways by which you can tackle the same applies for other languages as well uh, apologies that i am a dotnet developer and uh, in this episode i am going to explain everything from a dotnet perspective c sharp perspective but you can uh, sim- apply the similar things in other languages as well in addition to the correct indentation of spaces then the um, line spaces is also a critical thing to make increase the readability uh, 
usually when we uh, tend to write code for the customers uh, requirement we naturally tend to ignore the um, line spacing and everything and we not maintain consistent line spacing so after each uh, for loop there will be after each for loop closing bracket there it will be ideal to have one line spacing and visual studio by default not always uh, add the uh, line space like that way we need to explicitly add the line spacing but sometimes if there are too much line spaces then that will also affect the readability so we need to judiciously use the line space proper line spaces that is just on line space after each uh, closing bracket and that will be fine and uh, proper comments is also an important factor this uh, comments are certainly helpful and on rule you can use while applying the comments is while writing a code base you can think okay if this code base is read by a developer 10 years later uh, how he is going to understand so you can quickly think about that you don't need to spend too much time thinking about how a future matter uh, going to happen but just a quick overview thinking it will be fine and then you can uh, include some comments like uh, pointers or something just a simple line comment to indicate to other user that okay uh, this part is for this and that and then it will if it is helpful in them to understand the logic then it will be always uh, considered as a good comment but at the same time uh, you should avoid the obvious comments like uh, uh, if you are assigning an integer and saying that this is for assigning an integer or you are using a list of employees and saying that this is for storing the list of employees which is not required because from the from the language constructs itself like the list employees or the the where is equal to i that the, from the language construct itself uh, one can understand that uh, what it is intended to and similar way is like the methods when you add methods uh, you can use the um, uh, xml documentations uh, that is inherent in the c sharp so if you if you write a method or class in c sharp in visual studio and if you just uh, place your cursor over your method online over uh, above your method and click uh, and type three forward slashes and click enter by default visual studio will automatically add a templated documentation a method documentation Uh, it's a kind of an xml documentation which is uh, created based on the number of parameters and the number of returns your method has and you can add uh, a description to specify what that particular uh, particular method is all about there is no need for a lengthy uh, description just a simple description would be enough and the purpose of that description is if someone is going to read that particular method they will get an idea that what that method is all about um here you can use a combination of the description and while uh, writing the method you can use the pascal case uh, strategy that is the first letter of the method should be always capital and if the, there is a second word in a in a that uh, particular method name like the get employees or something method then the g the get g and the employee should be in capital letter and all others in small 
let us do that is the uh, pascal case uh, convention you, you can use that in the uh, method naming convention so there are different conventions that are given by the uh, standard uh, .net team from microsoft and you can refer that from the msdn documentation and that uh, pascal that casing conventions you can use uh, for uh, making the code easier to understand and uh, we have just explained about the um, explained about the um, pascal case in the methods so that same pascal case will applies to uh, the uh, class names and also to the interface names as well but if the returns and uh, but the parameters inside the method uh, is using the camel case and the variables inside the um, methods are using the um, camel case that is the one starts with a smaller case Uh, which uh, which uh, indicates that it is a, um, a camel case so this these are the ways you can include to make the camel uh, the, the class looks uh, better then the we have just explained about the xml comments that is inherent in the c sharp the advantage of using such an xml uh, type of comment is that by default it provides a list of xml tags and you can rely on that particular tags to further enhance your documentation uh, when you add a comment when you add a xml comment based on an existing method which has a uh, which has a one or two parameters and a return then by default the xml generated comment by the visual studio will be uh, will be having the different elements like the um, that method description uh, um, then the params which indicates the different parameters that is used for the methods in addition to that you can include the exception and other things if you are if your class or method if your method is uh, throwing some exception and you can include that exception information also there why we are adding this type of uh, xml documentation is that if some class or some other part of your code is using this particular class object then when they uh, type the object name followed by the uh, dot and the method name the visual studio will highlight this documentation in a quick like a quick tool tip so that the caller of the method can understand what this method is aimed for similar will happen if when they hover over the uh, method uh, when your method from other areas like the at uh, that object name dot dot uh, area when they hover over and they when they click on that it will show the definition so the calling uh, person will uh, get an idea that what this uh, method is intended about so this way uh, we can make the code looks much better than the pascal casing which we just explained for the method name that the uh, same can be used for the name spaces classes 
interfaces enums and methods and the camel case that is the first letter should be start with the smaller and the in the case of the camel case word the camels the first letter c will be in smaller and the second part of the that word the case part the c should be in capital while in the pascal casing the first letter should be in capital and the second part like the get employees part the g and the e part will be in capital the pascal case is used for the uh, methods the classes namespaces enums etc and the camel case can be used for uh, the variable names inside the methods and the function argument name the uh, i just explained about the uh, usage of uh, pascal case and uh, the camel case which is as per the microsoft suggestions so they have suggested some naming convention which is almost similar to what other language constructs like java or the other uh language like angular front end languages like angular javascript languages like angular etc then somewhat similar um, uh, convention they have followed for the c sharp also uh, so you can check that and um, you can apply that based or if you are following some other languages then uh, it is always advisable to check the documentation and apply the namespace and apply the convention naming conventions as per that language suggest so the namespaces are an additional uh, important thing which we tend to ignore while coding if we properly organize the namespace then it will be helpful in organizing the different classes for example the math the uh, system.math or system.security uh, class in dotnet will have all the security related classes similar way in your project if you want to group the classes you can organize that according to the namespaces so give namespaces a meaningful name and group related classes inside that namespace so this will help to organize the classes better and to identify from the proper namespace so like just example like the your project.security is a namespace okay and all the security related class classes can be grouped under this namespace and if your um, project is having some services you can create a namespace like your project.service and all classes that act as a service can be placed inside the your project.service so if the developers are aware of the value of namespace in grouping and finding related classes they will create more namespaces and group classes under those namespaces than putting everything under one namespace usually the namespace thing is ignored in most development practices but it is always a good thing to include that so we have uh, discussed about the indentation the um, uh, the indent we have we are discussing about the indentation part and you can uh, check that you can understand that the proper indentation and the proper arrangement the layout and everything will the make the code looks good and the proper use of comments also enhance the quality of reading but uh, there are few other things to consider also because if in in a method for example if you are looking on into a method you you removed the unwanted comments and you applied the proper comment and everything but you can still see a drawback 
in some of the methods if you are looking on the legacy codes that is if you look into the uh, arguments of that methods argument parameters of that method you can see that in some methods there will be a lot of arguments like one uh, example i saw is a send email method where instead of passing an object uh, as than a parameter they are adding different um, different uh, um, parameters in comma separated way like the uh, the send mail method is particularly for sending email so for sending email there are different things required like the from address to address subject body then the is html or is it if it is has attachment or everything so there are lot of different things but the developer has written in a wrong way like the uh, in the parameter they are written like send email then the different parameters are like this like the from string to string and then the subject string then the body string a lot of um, different and uh, different um, different parameters so the ideal uh, standard is that a parameter should have a maximum of two parameters and if you feel that you need a more than uh, if you feel there is a need for a more than two parameters then it is always advisable to create a dto or data transfer object uh, which is in fact a normal class with just a few properties that will act as a parameter the idea here is to pass the object as parameters Uh, instead of uh, passing more than two plus parameters to the method so the um, the prop the you the benefit is that at a later point of time when you want to add more than one parameters you can easily add a new property to that dto class without cluttering the method signature and your method signature will look elegant like the send email then instead of the different parameters your method will be having something like a send email then uh mail in for something like that and that will be enough and all the different parameters will be the properties inside that dto class and it is also helpful in readability because a single dto object can be used in multiple places and that's another advantage and if you want to make a modification in future you need to just modify that uh, parameter inside the dto object which you can uh, edit or add with the minimum changes and just a small modification will be required in the method as well but that is fine Uh, without making a lot of changes in the signature id uh, that is the parameter area so always make it a point to use the dto object and if the dto objects are used in multiple projects in a single solution make sure that they are put in a shared assembly this is another area because the dto object may be required in different project and if you feel that the same mail info object just like we discussed now uh, is required in other areas we need to either put that method in a shared assembly uh, because this is the usage of try principle that is the, you are not repeating uh, the uh, 
uh, you are not repeating a same code in multiple places so instead of writing this send mail method in different area you should organize it inside a shared assembly inside a, a mail helper class or something and you can call that from multiple areas and the dto uh, you are going to use uh, you if you if someone is need to send the send email from multiple areas then the ideal uh, pattern uh, will be to um, declare a shared dto which can be used in multiple places and you can you can call the send email from those multiple areas and your code will be remain in one place and it can be used from multiple places so if there is a bug inside that send email method you can make modification and fix that bug uh, with minimal impact okay now uh, we have discussed some of the thing but still when we look into our some of our methods it will look a bit uh, tough to understand the reason for this is that some of the methods uh will naturally tend to become longer than that we expect ideally a method should have four or five lines and if it is has more than uh, four then it's okay up to 10 lines will be fine but if it is more than 10 lines that indicates that that method is taking a lot of responsibility than that what it is intended for and it will be advisable to move that responsibility to a different class so that's an kind of a candidate for splitting the responsibility it's common to see in many projects that the methods tends to become longer than 10 or 15 lines which is an indication that that method or class is taking too much responsibility and we need to split that responsibility to a different class or a different uh, method uh, using um, the tools like a resharpener will help you to split that responsibility to different areas and it will by default show some of the highlight but if you are looking manually Uh, during a code review or somewhere if you are see long methods then uh, it's always advisable to split the method um here uh, we can use a strategy called the uh, unit testing strategy to improve the code so just like we explained everything we are now uh, explaining in this episode like the splitting up of responsibilities or reducing the uh, method parameters or whatever it's a kind of a refactoring because your code will work even without this modification but why we are going to make this modification is to make your code look much maintainable in future and to make it uh, and to increase its readability so that's the purpose you are going to do all this refactoring so when you do the refactoring then you need to make sure that everything is working as expected so you need a mechanism in place like the unit test to ensure that whenever we are making these changes it should still work as expected so we can use different approaches here like the tdd test driven development or the bdd like the behavioral develop driven development even if you are following none of these strategies like tdd or bdd still you can uh, create a similar unit testing uh, project uh, which which should uh, ideally be along with your project like for example if your project is my project 
uh, which you are going to write for your client uh, something similar program like reading a file and display uh, and displaying that to user or saving that to database uh, you can uh, create a project and for the unit testing purpose you can create another project inside the same solution that is in the case of visual studio a visual studio c sharp development so you create a new project called the wish uh, called the my project dot test which indicate that this is a unit testing project and you can you can add some nuget package like the ms test framework or n unit test framework so once that uh, that nuget package is installed so this nuget package is a kind of example of the don't repeat yourself pattern like some developer who feel that their code can help others so they created it as a it as a public nuget repository and uh, through their help we will be able to use that ms unit test framework in our project so the same approach you can use in your project as well so if you feel some of the areas or the some of the utilities which you have developed might help other developers in world then you can make it as a public nuget repository or if you want to uh, share some project specific or company specific nuget packages you can make a uh, make your own repository nuget repository and share it with your coworkers in uh, devops systems like azure devops the artifacts is the one area which is particularly dedicated for this purpose you can create a nuget package there share uh, you can uh, host that nuget package in that particular area and share it with the other projects so it's kind of a code sharing because the advantage is that uh, multiple projects can use your code and if they want to improve or add some suggestions then someone can make change the common area and the nuket can be easily updated in your project and the advantage is that other projects also benefit if they want to take the latest update so we are going to use such a ms test framework called such a unit testing framework called the ms test framework which is very easy to add in your my project dot test project which you can right click on the manage nuget packages and add from the public nuget repository once you add that then you can create a new class called a test class or something and then you can decorate the method uh, the class and the method with the, uh, the test method and the test class attribute so this test class you add as an attribute with uh, within the square brackets inside the top of the class so that indicates that that particular method is a candidate for unit testing uh and that uh, not a candidate uh, sorry i just uh, wrongly explained and that uh, opening bracket and that closing bracket uh, if you put a, it as a test class you you indicate to the ms test framework that this class is used for uh, the test methods and then you can write the um, uh, um, test method class there inside the um, that class and then you can decorate that method with a test method then your um, test method is now empty and you have inside that you have to write logic so logic will be you will be calling your main project uh, part there 
and then you can check with an assert dot equal or assert dot fail which indicates that the test method is passing or failing and you can check on the documentation on how to write the actual logic so there are documentation available uh, you can check that so here um, we will just explain about how to write a TDD approach uh first we just explained about how to uh, create a simple uh, unit testing basically it involves the adding the nuget package ms test project or in unit and then you can add you can decorate that uh, your particular test classes with uh, uh, the uh, test class or test method and then you write the unit testing logic inside the unit testing logic comprises of calling your actual project methods and then verifying that everything is working as expected and then uh, then it raises a green or an red indication and when you run that in that test in visual studio also all the classes that are marked with the test class and test attributes will be displayed under the visual studio test area you can right click and run all those tests so if your project has say single test then you, you will it will display that single test if your project has multiple tests that will display the multiple test we not yet um, come to the TDD or the BDD strategy yet. We are just explaining the basic test where we can add a method simply call our project method and then we can check or assert dot verify that our method is working as expected. You can check the documentation to read how to include the logic and everything. So if such a method is working fine, then it indicates that the test is passed. Now you can work on the main methods that is your method to make the refactoring and you can make the modification. So for example, if you feel that your method is too much lengthy, then it means that it is sharing too much of responsibilities and you can split some of the responsibilities to a different areas and you can reduce the uh, complexity of that method. And still you want to see that your method is working as expected. So you can rerun that test again and verify that it is working so this unit tests are very helpful uh, for development for refactoring as well as for reviewing purpose so the reviewing person can understand that everything is working as expected from the um, test past uh, status we have just covered about the unit testing so let's look into a bit more complex scenario where we can apply some and different types of test unit testing like the test driven development or the behavioral driven development so these can be preferred by the developers so tdd is a way or test driven development is a way by which you first understand your client requirement so let's imagine a scenario so you are going to imagine a scenario, uh, take a break and take a few deep breath and sit relax and imagine you are going to write a fictional program. So you are traveling to a new place to meet a new client for gathering some requirements. Luckily it is one of the uh, beautiful spot and you reach the place on time. Spend time, some time walking to the client area with uh, watching the beautiful scenario and everything and now you are with the client so the client wants some simple program 
So he is asking a simple program for you to develop that he wants to read a file from a computer folder folder and saves the data to a database. So once again the client is asking you to develop a program to read a file from a computer folder and saves the data to a database. Kind of a simpler program very easy to develop just reading file from folder and saving to database once you are quite clear with the requirements the next step for you is to open up a code editor visual studio and write some code now in the earlier approach which we just discussed we started out started by writing a code and when then we check that later using a Uh, test framework like ms unit and we ensure that everything is working as expected but here we follow a different approach in tdd like before writing the code we want to ensure that how to validate that code as per client require so this is a way this is a new way of coding then before you start the coding you first understand what the client requirement and you then write a skeleton dummy methods so let's take the example of our case where the client is told us to develop a, a program to read from a folder and save that to database so we create a two dummy methods we create two dummy methods called the file file class and the db class sorry um, uh, we not at uh, started creating different class uh, so <laughs> i have gone to which for so let's create some simple uh, methods first like we are going to test like a file read and db save method and uh, it's a just a, an empty method like um, there is no actual code inside that method it is literally empty uh, so it will be like in c sharp public void file read um and then public and void db save method and you add comments on the top like the xml comments like this is for this method is for reading file and this method is for uh, saving the file but literally the contents of the methods are empty there is nothing a simple blank line now we create a new project along in the same solution uh, which is called the uh, my project dot test and we are going to follow the tdd approach so we add the ms test again uh, we add that through the nuket package again because that is a new project which we are working on we need to add that um, nuket packages and everything so once that is added then we create a class okay and then and we decorate the class with the uh, test class and test method so now Uh, we created two methods for testing that is one is to test the file reading test and one method is to read the uh, db save method so two methods which we created and we decorate the class with the test class attribute inside the square bracket for the ms unit test uh, framework to identify it and the um, two methods which we created one for testing and validating the file read with the test class 
attribute and the other method for creating uh, other method for testing not creating other method for validating the uh, db part is db uh, save part uh, and we also decorate that with the test class now you you know that we already created two methods earlier and now we have created two test methods for file reading and uh, the db save you aware that we already created two dummy methods earlier so we need to connect those methods from this test method and we call that test method uh, we call that dummy methods from here and we then run the test so we write um, inside this uh, test everything that validates so how if it is reading some file from the um, file from the um, folder then naturally the string won't be empty so we will write some logic inside the test project like the assert dot file is not empty or something then pass then we next we check that uh, we pass that uh, particular um, reader uh, value to the db save method and then we will validate whether that particular db save method is on is actually the one we uh, saved to the db so once we saved the values to the db and that is after calling the db save we will then reverify that whether whether that particular uh, value is the one that is actually saved to the db so two method logics we will write so still we have to keep in mind that our main method is still empty we have written everything test methods and we need to we, we need a test method in place to validate but we need to have the actual method to develop so if you run your project at this stage naturally it will fail because there is nothing inside the main file uh, reading class because even having written any other logic than the unit testing logic and also the db save method is also fail because you haven't written anything so next you will slowly add lines to uh, the the method file reading class in the main in your main project and once you finish uh, everything properly your uh, naturally the related test method will pass and similar way uh, once you complete the first method you will uh, write the db save logic method and once you complete that part also and the second method will fail so when two methods are passed it indicates that the client requirement is is requirement is satisfied so the next step which we you going to do is refactoring you will then check on uh, whether the uh, code is as per the standard so you can check about the different hints which i explained earlier like you can check on the different alignment the indentation Ah, river. Um, is your code the file reading and the DB save is as per customer requirement? You can re-verify that. Then you can check each individual methods where it is taking too much responsibility. So at that point, you can see that initially when we create the project, we tend to write everything inside the program dot cs, which is the default file inside the C sharp. So we can we can move the so we can, we can see that uh, from here at this point uh, when we write the method. that properly everything will pass the test and everything will pass but we can still see that there is a drawback in the uh, code structure that is inside the program.cs we we are calling two methods like the uh, file reading and the db save so that means the program.cs is 
taking too much responsibilities so we need to move the file reading and the db save to its own uh, responsible classes so that uh, we can create by that we can do by creating a two new classes called the file reading file class and then the db class and then we can call that those uh, from here that the main class so that is how it works so that means the program.cs uh, file which we initially had has a lot of logic but now we moving that responsibilities to separate classes that is the file reading part to the file reading file class and the db saving part to the db class and there are separate classes available the advantage is that if some modifications need to later uh, need to done later to the file class we can change that so the tdd approach is like first we develop a, a test method we according to the client requirement and we write, uh, we write logic inside that test method to make sure that if if an if the actual method works properly then this method should work as this way and we then run the methods and first see that it is failed and then we write the actual code inside the two methods like the uh, file reading and the uh, db save method and we see it is passed then the next step is we will then deeply evaluate the uh, main class that is the program.cs where this file reading and db save main methods exist and we see that they, that program.cs is taking too much responsibilities and everything is in one place so we will move that to Uh, separate classes and separate methods and we call that from the mail method so this way the each responsibility is splitted and in course of time you will continually run the test as before from the tdd unit test and ensure that everything is working as expected even from the refactoring sometimes uh, some minor logical adjustments needs to be done from the tdd test logic part but that is fine but uh, here and this way the refactoring we do continuously and we ensure that everything is in place so this is how the tdd approach it will certainly uh, consume a bit of time if uh, the deadline is too tight you will find it bit tough to include that but if you if you have the provision to plan accordingly then it is always a good point to use the tdd so refactoring is the main thing and we first see something is failed from the test and then we will add the logic later now um now we can look into the bdd method which is developed from the uh, tdd method so the bdd method is a bit different here uh, we first collect the requirements from the uh, client which is called the features and then we mapped to step and then we add the project references and implement here there is a mapping happens first we collect the features then each fa- each feature is added as a different lines like the like client says i want to do this i want to do that and each and each requirement is a separate line and we connect that separate lines to different fe- different steps and the this is a kind of mapping from a business uh, term terminology to a software terminology so uh, the client says that i want to calculate something uh, i want to calculate two steps 
two numbers i want to calculate the sum of two numbers in the program so that uh, calculates the sum of two numbers then you can um, map that to a certain number of steps and you can write features and implement and when the when the client looks on i want to um, uh, map uh, i want to add two numbers and i want to see the end results divisible by this value or something he he can see that that particular thing is mapped to a particular project method and he can see that it is working so this way um, it's a kind of a um, development methodology that is evolved from tdd uh, here we we start with a list of features and features are specifications uh, that are written in a formal business language which the client and the stakeholders can understand um, and once all the features has been agreed and generated then the developers uh, will write the step definitions for the feature statement so from the feature statement what the client is agreed and defined the developers are writing the uh feature uh, definitions feature statements then the uh, feature, uh then the step definitions has been created then the uh, the developers will create an external project and implement that particular feature and add a reference to it so it's kind of a mapping means from the formal language business steps there is a mapping to the steps and then to the feature and the project so that step definitions are then extended to implement the application code for the feature the approach of using this td bdd uh, not sorry not tdd bdd uh, is that as a programmer uh, we we are in a um, term agreement with what the business has asked for rather than giving them the way what the developers are thinking so this can save a lot of money sometimes the client says something and he may be thinking something else and the uh, uh, the developer may develop something else so if there is a mapping happens between the actual requirement and the um, project methods which 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 the client, the developer is working on then that brings a lot that bring an increased clarity on what to needed to be developed between the business teams and the programming teams um so lot of projects in order days failed because the client may be asking one thing and the developer may be developing something else that he expected something else and he he develops so to avoid such confusion it is advisable to uh, use this uh, bdd approach and the other way by which you can try on is the um, tdd approach so for the bdd to include in your dotnet project there is a nuket package called the spec flow which you can add as a nuket package and then we can work on the project so let's continue on the refactoring so we can use some of the uh, any one of the strategies like the tdd or bdd but we are continuing with the refactoring of our code we are seeing that our methods so we just uh, 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 we just discussed about the how much length our method should be like it should be ideally uh, 10 lines it should be fine uh, 
but the recommended length is like four lines but it's very difficult to include or reduce the method to just a four liner because naturally every method will have some validations or everything in place and it goes up to a uh, 10 line but up to 10 lines it's fine if it is more than 10 lines then that indicates that that method is taking too much responsibility and uh, we need to move that particular um responsibilities to some other classes which uh, to make it clear um so an ideal class in c sharp or in every programming the ideal class must be a highly cohesive class so that is the term used in the software terminology cohesive class cohesive class means that if your class has only the required methods that it is intended for such a class is called highly cohesive class and it's very good uh, for the uh, development so there are different methods uh, that you can different patterns that you can use to make your code highly cohesive one is the single responsibility principle uh, which you often heard in software like when you develop a when you create a class or a method make sure that that class or method has only the required codes necessary for it and another one is the dry uh, pattern which you can use so if you find that at some places if your code is um, reused by some other areas then you can move that particular logic to a shared assembly and a shared method instead of uh, creating that inside each and every method so we can use that way um so the repeatable code Uh, you can put it in an utility or shared assembly and be called from uh, the multiple places and if you feel that while developing if you feel some code is useful and others can benefit from uh, that particular code add that as a new get spec and call it as a new get package Uh, just uh, you can easily make that code or assembly as a nugget package and you can create that particular utility as a separate project or a utilities project or um, uh, in some projects i have seen that uh, is included as a framework uh, project and all the utilities are added to that framework project and a nugget spec file is added to that framework project to make it as a nugget package and put that in a, a nugget package repository Uh, so the devops provides options like artifact which you can use to put the nugget uh, repository um the uh, we all already discussed a similar nugget package for unit testing purpose that is the ms unit and also the while we discussed the bdd we checked about the spec flow so that is another nugget package so these are some of the packages or the assemblies which already the different developers are created and they have shared for others to use so similar way we can also use the nugget repository it can be private or public nugget is good because uh, it automatically add the references and resolve dependencies and uh, during the uh, build time uh, one of the characteristics that i feel with a good case is that uh, it is it must be reusable and uh, one of the characteristics of a good project is that it must be easily set up for uh, quick uh, debugging 
so in the um, in if you know the in old days the developers need to copy a lot of dlls and uh, they re- resolve the dependencies manually and with the advent of this nuget and npm packaging system the man- the systems automatically manage these dependencies and add references and the another highlight is that if you want to update some code in the nuget you can make it easily and that will create a new nuget version and if someone is interested in that nuget version they can update it instead of manually adding then some other uh, st- design principles or software design principles you can apply in your code to keep it simpler like the uh, keep it simpler yeah that is itself is a um, software strategy by which you are you are making you are adding only uh part the code is actually internet power or it is also called as yak yakni principle or you are uh going to add only part that is essential uh, if you think too much about the future you may add unnecessary things in your methods which is not an ideal strategy so think uh, think uh, about the immediate requirements and th- add only the required things than making the code complicated then inside the class uh ideally it will be good to keep the lines to 10 but if it is not possible uh, then um, a slight deviation will be fine like or not two lines extra but if it's too much then move that to a separate and separate line then the um, one good thing which you can do in your uh, in your methods is that probably the methods will have a lot of validations in place like the null validations or null uh, exception handling or something so if you can uh, make a new validator class like the null validator class uh, then you can call it very easily so you can create um, the validation classes and you can call it on the top of the method so that will dramatically reduce the um, code and it it will make the code looks much simpler and you can use that uh, null validator from multiple methods as well uh, so that it will handle automatically all the null methods instead of uh, re- manually checking it with if uh, the uh, this object is null then do this do that or instead of that you can go, go, you use a uh, argument null validator on top of your method that will dramatically reduce the uh, method and the methods should uh, should handle the exception if some exception is hand is raised then it should show a friendly message to the user with an identifying code in it and that's a good practice because when the customer sees some exception uh, instead of they seeing something like an error has occurred if it pro- provides some more detailed elements not too much detail but some more detailed uh, elements like an error code or something that can help for the that can help the development teams to trace what has happened behind the scene so each code points to a particular um, 
error conditions and when the client informs you that okay this error is happening and it's showing this code then as a developer you can understand that okay uh, this has gone behind the scenes and we can correct it there are other mechanism also which the developers can use like the logging uh, which should be there in a software uh, a software system so when you develop the code you should provide adi- uh, enough logging in place so that when some issues happen you will be notified immediately behind the scenes rather than waiting for the client to inform you about that and then making uh, making corrections so behind the scene some uh, some uh, some strategies like the azure app insights or which i explained earlier in an episode or you can use some uh, uh, custom uh, logging frameworks like the nuget uh, in log unit or something and uh, can raise a notification and make decisions but on the front end side it will be uh, good to show a friendly message with some error code so that the client can understand then while uh, usually the methods will can raise exception but make it a point that you don't use the exception to control the flow of program for example if some uh, if some error is happened then don't uh, make that uh, don't catch the error and then make the program flow in a particular direction so that is a wrong approach instead of doing that you have to use the use the um conditional uh, logic ch- to check whether uh, something uh, is able to proceed and then uh, redirect direct the program flow accordingly one example you can imagine here is in the case of an atm machine when the client does a transaction on the shortage of money uh, if it raises an exception and then uh, shows a warning that there is no exception and there is no enough funds and uh, uh, you are not able to proceed so instead of that you can uh, instead of raising that exception what you can do is you can check the balance and if the if the balance is not greater Uh, then this much amount then can show a friendly message that you are not able to proceed without having this much balance so that way conditional logic will be always good than handling the uh, having the uh, exception way of handling the control and the other thing uh, to aware of this is that sometimes there are business rule exceptions that can handle like uh, the business demands that unless there is a, this much uh, uh, value in the or this much balance in the account uh, you should not able to proceed or unless you have this much uh, this subscription you are not allowed to view this area so in these are called the business rule exception so you can create a custom class for that purpose and you can raise exceptions and you, uh, uh, this should be handled without raising exception because these are usually the program flow for example these are not exceptions but it's a kind of exception but still it, it's a not exceptions from an ordinary perspective so if uh, a user is not having a subscription then uh, raise a business uh, rule exception like not having a subscription or something and then control the flow of program and show the message accordingly 
and then navigate the user to a particular region where he can take the subscription or something so that way uh, you can you have to uh, choose a distinction between the business rule exceptions and the uh, native exceptions like the null exceptions or argument null exceptions or some if something overflow exceptions or null exceptions is ha- having in a project you should definitely intimate the user that sometime some issues is happened and you need to uh, you would revert the state back to its normal without making any changes to the system but at the same time if a business rule exception is handled that will be uh, handled in a proper way so that the um, the user won't feel much uh, annoying and uh, it's a correct uh, that's a correct way of any and also when showing the message in an exception um may make it sure that it should show in an user understanding language exception uh, especially if you are using the if you are using the um language related features so uh, make sure to um use a localized string message in such cases to raise the exception and if some exceptions not the business exceptions uh, what i mean is if some other exceptions are happen then restore state uh, when the method stored completed so you don't want that particular method to complete due to the exception so restore the state before you actually executing the um that so just like in the case where if uh, some unhandled exceptions or overflow exceptions hand, uh, happen unexpected during a transaction then you should restore the state before that particular exception is happened so we have covered enough of the different strategies we have looked into the classes and methods individually we have dived deep into each of the classes and methods and see how it's uh, it's looks like there are some other things like when you define the properties inside a class make sure that you don't expose the private properties because you don't want the private properties of a method to be altered by someone some external object uh client or some external client so always make a point to expose the private properties only through a public property public method like if you want to change something inside a method uh, inside a private uh, inside a method or some want to change something uh, change some a private property then create a method specifically for that purpose and call that method from outside instead of um, allowing the properties property of the method to be public uh, the um exception uh, in this case is the dto objects in the dto objects you purely make it as a public because ideally it's just for the purpose of transfer of objects uh, to avoid the complexity of too much parameters uh, just like when which we explained earlier now uh, we covered enough of the um, classes and methods uh, which just barely touched uh, and uh, that's fine these are things are ideal to understand but now we can look into the classes and method as a group uh, we see that the issues in classes and methods individually uh, as earlier but as a project or solution wise dependencies between uh, classes among the multiple projects 
can also result in the complexity the correct strategy is that a class should stand alone individually but uh, you know that is all not always possible so there will be sometimes ex- dependencies exist between the classes uh, just for the example which we discussed earlier for the project we have done there is a dependency from the program class and that the client example which we just dis- discussed to read the file and to save it to db we seen that from the program class there is a dependency to file class and the db save class so after refactored first we have the entire logic inside the program.cs file but once we refactored we moved that particular uh, logic or responsibilities to file class and db save class which is fine but still we can see that the program.cs class has a dependency to file class and db save class which is called the coupling this is unavoidable because we need to call the file reading and db save class to satisfy our client requirements we uh, to uh, to avoid coupling we can't write everything in the program.cs itself because that will end up in too much uh, responsibilities for program.cs so definitely the class different classes should be there but uh, different um, and we need to call different classes from other classes as well but split so split is anyway required we can't avoid it the problem is the coupling happens so how we can avoid the coupling is we can take advantage of polymorphism in object oriented programming so that's an approach called interface oriented programming so that's a concept in uh, programming interface oriented programming that is used by majority of developers which help us to uh, reduce the coupling between the different implementation uh, so for the for example how to understand that is in the example which we just discussed we call the file reading class directly from program.cs and similarly the db save class also directly from the program.cs we know that these two classes exist separately but still the, from the program class it is calling directly so that means it leads to tight coupling because there is a dependency if we want to change the db save class to something else we need to change that in the program.cs as well so this is fine because this is a simple program and we need to change only one place but what about if there is a too much uh, files are there and too much files are interconnected each other then a change will be difficult so the strategy which we can follow here is i will explain that from the perspective of this example but you can uh, apply the same in the aspect of your uh, project it's, uh, also so instead of directly calling the file reading.cs what we Uh, do is we create an interface called i file reading cs okay and we add a method called read there with just a dummy signature uh, the and when we then we inherit that uh, particular file reading class from this interface i file reading interface so the i file reading dot cs class we have an uh, have a dummy method called read and similarly the file reading cs also has a dummy uh, actual has a um, actual method called the read method so the idea is that at the runtime through dependency injection instead of file reading we replace it with the actual file reading object so that's happening at runtime 
so when we code we call like from the program dot cs we call like uh, where uh, file is equal to uh, i file reading of something or like that we actually don't call uh, like uh, where uh, file is equal to file reading uh, opening and closing bracket instead of that we call the pro interface way like uh, where file reading is equal to i file reading so that means that we are programming to an interface instead of the actual class and at the runtime we replace we using a, a different uh, pro, uh, object called the dependency injection object we what we going to do is we replace this file uh, reading i file reading with the actual file reading so this means that if you want to change the file reading to some other implementation we can easily do so without the need for changing code in the coding class if we want to say for example i file reading to some other i file reading one or something we can easily change that so similarly applies for the db save method as well instead of calling the db save class directly from program.cs we use that hi db save so initially uh, we can follow different approaches initially you can create a draft um without these interfaces or everything but it is always a good point to start uh, programming in with the interfaces but you can uh, just like the example which we just created at the refactoring stage we actually um, uh, removed these dependence these dependencies and uh, all these things and program to an interface but the similar way uh, you can you can uh, create an initial draft initial draft and then you can uh, add these enhancements so an enhancement we added is we uh, corrected the layout and everything then we reduced the overburden responsibilities to separate class and the final one is called uh, instead of directly calling that particular um, file reading or the db save class we uh, morph it through an uh, interface and uh, which is called the interface oriented programming so majority of the programming is uh, programmers are following that pattern because that helps to easily modify the code and reduce the coupling between the classes uh, so these are some of the things which we just discussed now in spite of all these are uh, we still um, miss some areas we not sure how um, uh, how our code is actually done because we can't identify every possible weakness in our code we have identified some of the hints like uh, the indentation and the over responsibilities and everything but what happens is that there are still some more issues like uh, which are hidden in our code so you can take advantage of uh, the tools to identify such thing so the a good code will have its performance availability security and then it must be scalable and it must be maintainable accessible deployable and extensible so these are the qualities which the microsoft documentation suggests like it should be performant oriented and it should be available the code should be secure it should meet client requirement but same time it should be secure and it should be scalable means if there is an increase in the number of users then the code should respond accordingly and it should be maintainable so few of the hints which we just discussed like their splitting of responsibilities and um, proper alignment and everything uh, comes under the part of maintainability because sometimes later someone is using that particular code 
they should uh, feel uh, much easier to read the code like uh, reading a book so maintainability part is important then the it should be extensible means if you want to add some additions to the code you you, you should be able to do that with minimal about uh, minimal impact so that is what all the uh, different strategies are so what we can do is we can use the visual studios inherent uh, calculating matrix so if you right click on that visual studio and you can do a clean code uh, code clean up and calculate the matrix and it will show the maintenance internet uh, a few statistics which shows how uh, effective your code is Uh, so only in such statistics is called the maintainability index so you can search in google about the maintainability index and maintainability index is an essential component um and if it is it's showing a value like um 20 or above if it's showing it's uh, if you right click on the project and uh, do the code analysis and calculate the metrics then you can see the different um, index uh, statistics values if the maintainability index of your project is showing 20 and above uh, and it shows a green um, rating a green tick mark then it's good for maintainability but um if it's if, if your code base is below 20 it's like like 10 to 19 it shows a low rating and it's it's kind of an okay but still maintainable but anything below the 10 uh, means that something issue is there in your code which needs uh, uh, it's and it shows like a red and you need some you need to make some changes otherwise it will be hard to maintain especially if your client will be asking some modifications later you will find it tough to challenge so i wish i think visual studio try to check ever different code different classes different methods and it will try to find out what all are the dependencies how much responsibilities are there is it uh, is it properly following everything so that it can identify whether your project is maintainable so the green rated maintainability is good and the other statistics which are the visual studio show based on the code is called the cyclomatic com- complexity it's also called as asynclomatic complexity it refers to the various path through the software your logic is working so that means that if you are using more for loop and more complex logic then the the code is harder to test and maintain and the more complex your code will be and more uh more it lacks simplicity uh, it can lead to more error prone software and releases and hard to maintain and extend so the the rule is that the cyclomatic complexity should be kept to minimum and there is another matrix also the visual studio shows which is called the depth of inheritance and the depth of inheritance means the uh, class coupling with the um, each uh, classes have another so for example a class that is inherited from is known as the base class uh, and the class that inherit from a base class is known as a subclass and the metric for the number of classes that inherit from one class to another is called as the depth of inheritance so that means that there if there is a more level of inheritance 
that means there is the chance for more errors so the ideal inheritance level is just one so these are some of the things which you can consider and also you can include some of the static analyzers in your code to uh, make sh- make sure these practices are in place so someone like the coding standards or something some some static analyzers are there so on, on such static analyzers is called the code analyzers which you can right click on visual studio and you can uh take the code analysis so there microsoft has a um, set of recommendations or rules which you can select called the microsoft recommended rules which you can apply for your code and you can make that um validation strict so it will definitely show an error while you rebuild your project once you apply the code analysis change so that means that uh, if if the microsoft recommended rules analyzes your code and identifies some error at the time of build it will raise a raise a warning or an error and you have the provision to correct it so it's always a good practice to turn it on uh, may not necessarily to create an error but uh, it will be good to show it as a warning so that the developers can identify these are not mandatory as you know and your code will still work without it but if if you able to identify that and fix it properly in your code then that will help in maintaining the uh, project and it will uh, increase the maintainability index as i just explained then the everything you have done correctly then check whether the program application is up and documentation and everything because debugging a debugging an application so fastly as possible is an important crucial factor in uh, software development because uh, you done the project uh, in an okay way and uh, you want it to modify and you need to give it to a different developer you want your project to um you want to prov- you want that developer to co- uh, to complete that project and to or to enhance the project and at that time for him to understand it properly then uh, you need to follow all these different hints which i explained through this episode and also at the same time uh you want to uh, make the application in such a way at the time of handing over that the application should be uh, up and runnable as quickly as possible so make sure that uh, all the dependencies are handled through the nuget packages and uh, if there is a configuration you need to uh, add that uh, if there is a configuration change required to work locally then it will be a good practice to add the local configuration like web config dot local or something locally uh, or app dot config dot local something just like the in the azure function there is a local setting in place so that the developer can just check out the code and test it locally without further dependency so it's always advisable to add the dependency packages through nuget or uh, something like npm and make the development easier so th- these are all the things which we covered in this topics and feel free to listen this again and again and i hope that will uh, help you to understand and uh, help you to uh, 
create a better software so in in addition to this these are the things which we should consider from the perspective of a developer unit testing and the um, mostly from a developer perspective so in addition to that we how individually test each and every part but we need to make sure that everything is working as expected uh in the case of large projects for example if there are different modules there we need to ensure that we don't just need to pass the unit test but also make sure that uh, on a higher level when we integrate all these different things it should work as expected so you can add various integration test to the uh devops system in the azure devops system you can add the build steps and the in the pipeline you can add various integration test which will do the all the integration automation testing uh, with the different components and you can validate the output and then can pass the test uh uh can pass the test or fail the test uh, accordingly and you can you can understand then whether your unit test and um the uh, integration test is in sync and whether the integration test is uh, passed as expected because integration test is also important part because so many developers will be working in your project and you need to integrate the integration automated automation test as part of the build pipeline process or the deployment pipeline process uh which ideally should be set uh once a day probably at midnight so so that once every developer check in the code then that integration test will run probably it will take much time and once it is completed it will raise the results which you you or your team can explore and can understand so the combination of unit test and the integration test will make the code much uh, reliable so the unit test all you can do easily using this um ms unit or n unit as i described earlier and you can follow the um uh, tdd or bdd approach or if you are following the bdd approach use the spec flow and once your code is in a stable condition then you can test it for ex- in the case of a higher uh, level project um, yeah, in the case of larger projects you can test it with other modules or dependencies and you can add the uh, different um, integration test and integrate that into pipeline so i hope this is clear uh, i have quickly uh, covered gone through the different areas of uh, software coding its strategies and the uh, quality uh, and how we can ensure the quality there are uh, a lot of books that are available which uh, explains this purpose so you can go through that as well so one such book is called the clean code in c sharp which explains uh, this concept in greater detail so feel free to li- uh, read that book but it's a very good book explains every aspect of the software and um even though it's explained in c sharp you can uh, check that um uh, for other languages as well similarly there are a lot of articles uh, explaining the different coding standards the coding analysis and everything uh, from the msd site itself you can also check that and you can uh, improve your code uh, the best practice for the beginners is to use a, uh, a good editor like the visual studio or visual studio id or equivalent or some other editors is also fine most of the editors have this formatting and everything in place and pro use the proper standard and everything and make make the um, methods and classes uh, 
single responsible and make the methods uh, minimal as possible and if you feel that your method has too much lines more than 10 lines split that as a multiple lines with each method highlighting its own responsibility through the correct proper usage of the method name Uh, using the uh, method stand so, so once you select the name correct name for example get employees or set employees or something like that make sure that it is aligned with the standard as well so thank you for uh, listening and have a nice day we will come up with another episode soon and uh, keep uh, subscribing to this episode and this will be available on all uh, leading podcast platforms thank you very much for listening again Uh thank you